welcome, welcome to Social Media Hustling. My name is Andy Pondillo. Happy to have you here for the pilot episode of the program. Uh, really excited to get this thing started off and really excited that you're here to join me on this journey. Uh, we're going to be talking at social media at high levels, medium levels, low levels, all levels, um, getting the interest level for what our industry is, uh, just really getting the word out there about what the social media experience is, what the social media lifestyle is all about, and why it makes business sense for a small business, for a personal user, for a corporate company to get involved with social media. There's so many different levels to do it these days, whether it's Instagram hustling on your own, using those hashtags properly, building that platform up for yourself, using that Facebook algorithm when it comes to ads, cost per clicks, conversions, building the experience to drive people through the sales funnel, or maybe you're a B2B and you're looking to maximize LinkedIn for hiring, for getting new sponsors on board to your company, whatever that may be, there is a way with social media and it is a methodical approach. It is an experience. It is something that I call lifestyle and I want to bring this lifestyle type programming to social media hustling. That is what I'm here to do. Uh, my name again, Andy Pondillo, a former radio host. I spent uh, just around seven years, seven plus years in the radio market where I was really hustling my own brand. Dating back to 2010, uh, when I was a radio host named Crash, it was getting my name out there. I was a weekend host. I didn't have ratings, obviously. And, you know, being on in College Station, Texas, where I was, it's not exactly an audience where you're going to get thousands of people tuning in uh, to a, you know, a demo or an industry which, quite frankly, isn't doing so hot even back then. So I had to find another way to reach out to people to get them involved in my experience to what I brought to my radio show. Uh, that's something with that journalistic approach, a broadcast journalism background that I've taken from radio. I've taken to doing it for radio stations rather than myself, to digital marketing agencies, doing it for medical fields, engineers, uh, restaurants, you name it, B2B, um, all over the board, I have developed uh, philosophies that I like to call the Andy Pondilla philosophy, uh, which I would be lying if I said it was entirely mine without um, putting some of the pieces together from what we see in the industry, but pulling these different pieces from what you see in the travel industry, from what you see TMZ doing on knowing how to do their blog content and getting it to sizzle, or even an Instagram influencer. You want to water them down. You want to say that they're not a true social media person. Well, take this. $110 billion will be spent on Instagram influencer marketing by the year of 2020 you better start taking them seriously you better start using their ideas or they're going to use them for their own benefit and you're not going to get to really raise in that profit that you're looking for so many ways right now to do social media and something that's evolving uh, really every week uh, this podcast i want to bring it down uh to the entry level uh, social media specialist, the college kid, the high school kid, who are looking to get into this industry? What will it take and what does it take to separate you from your competition? How about the business owner? Looking to get on social media, you feel like you're behind, you don't know how to budget properly, you don't know how to make it work. 
within your group. You say that your industry isn't fun. Your industry doesn't sell advertising this way. You've done it a certain way your whole life. I'm here to break you out of that mold. I'm here to talk about how the social media experience is right for everybody when it is done properly, when you have those algorithms working in your favor. It's lit. That's what we like to say now, hashtag lit. When you get this thing rolling, it might take one month, two months, six months, might take a year and a half. But once you get to hashtag lit status, you will stay there for a very long time. It's a slow game. It's a methodical game. It is something that is going to take a lot of work on your part. But once you get there, $500 can get you $5,000 rather than spending $35,000 on TV in getting who knows what. I'm not going to try and talk you out of doing other types of advertising. What I'm going to do is I'm going to lay out the data as to what's worked for me, what's worked for others in the industry, and let you decide for yourself if social media is the right move for you. And I'm always going to unanimously say yes. Yes. I think I just unanimously say yes. There we go. And don't mind me when I screw up a couple words here and there. Got to knock the little rust out. Haven't uh, hosted a podcast here in quite a few years. So really the mission statement, um, as we've talked about right there, is to get the word out about what social media is. It's not us just plugging away on Instagram. It's not us just putting up Facebook posts and memes. And yes, it's all incorporated you know, into what we're trying to do, especially if you're more of a fun type of company like a Wendy's. But there has to be a purpose for everything. Every post you do, every comment you respond to, there is a narrative that we're trying to deliver. There's a brand message that we're trying to deliver. And there is a business practice that we're trying to deliver. And what a fun time to be in this industry. I can't wait. I hope you hear it in my voice to just bring this program to you. And uh, let's see what we can develop from it. This is our program. This is a community, social media, business we're all in this thing together. Yes, we're rivals. Yes, we're trying to beat the next person out for higher numbers. Hopefully, maybe you can grab something out of this program and get something out of it. You know, grab something out of it to where you can take it back to your workplace. You can be number one because, in my opinion, when I do this, I run it just like a, when I was a radio host. If I'm second place, I'm the first loser. We're out here to win. When I beat my numbers, when I beat the entire industry's numbers around me, then I just want to beat them again. I want to do something bigger. I always have campaigns running in my head. Or even when you don't have a campaign, how is your day-to-day -day filtering into the big, long-term picture? Let's get it with social media hustling. So with that, this is going to be a guest-driven show where we're going to have somebody different from the industry each week come on and talk to us about what their philosophy is for social media. What makes their in their position where they're at sizzle it's going to be different from place to place and you know i really hope to learn something uh, going around the industry myself and trying to pick something here or there up from what they're bringing to the table we had to start this program off strong and we're starting that off with md riley actually my former boss so bringing a former boss on as my first guest we're coming in hot this guy knows social media as good as anybody as you're going to find in the industry someone who 
really figured out how to make businesses businesses sizzle on Instagram before Instagram was really a promoted, a paid platform. We're talking early days, 2013, 2014, when you were back on Twitter sending gifts and going on Facebook and trying to figure out how to run a like uh, ad. He was on Instagram making this thing happen before we really all took it in. So I want to talk to him about Instagram presence, social media influencers, where this is going, and a guy who specializes in branding out to smaller to medium-sized businesses. He's really made it work for a lot of people and someone who does it for the right reasons, the kind of people that I want on this program. So MD Riley coming up next. He will be... Uh, the C- here he is the CEO of Tech Crew Media and also my former boss when I worked at a marketing agency. So we'll have a little chit chat and go back and forth, maybe catch up on what you know kind of happened. Uh, we were in an interesting situation and how we've come out of it on top. I think it's a great message, something I want to really uh, portray that you know this is a roller coaster ride, not only in social media but in life, but in the workplace. That sometimes you play your best hand. It doesn't work, but that doesn't mean he can't come back and hit a home run the next day. We both definitely did that. The inaugural guest for Social Media Hustlin' is going to be M.D. Riley. So we got to tell a little story time before I bring you aboard here, M.D. So a couple years ago, uh, M.D. was actually my boss, so he was asking me the questions, and we've really kind of flipped the script here today uh, where I'll be asking him the questions. We'll be having a philosophical discussion uh, about social media, digital, and just really the job market itself. Uh, we'll get more into it as it goes on. Uh, MD hired me as a social media specialist for an agency that we were working for. We had some big plays in hand. Uh, we were working with some big companies. Uh, really was a situation where I felt like, uh, maybe I'm being biased, but we had an all-star lineup um, that could have really made things happen. And really part of the story we want to tell today is that you no? Know, sometimes you just get in a bad situation at the wrong time, and you know it doesn't all work out. But what we did find is we built a great partnership with each other. Um, we remained great friends over the course of a few years since all of that happened, and often uh, consult on social media ideas. Uh, MD Riley, uh, he's the founder of Tech Crew Media, 35k a day, and someone who's done this thing. Uh, for over two decades uh, with entrepreneurship, uh, strategies across the board from the old school traditional media um, to going back to the AOL days and building up uh, businesses through those means up to now, uh, what I'd like to call an Instagram mastermind, uh, someone who pushed me uh, in the early days. Uh, Well, not the early days of Instagram, but uh, once Instagram started getting started going on the business side a little bit more, um, was really one of the ones that pushed me to get a lot more Insta-famous on the accounts that I run um, and to really challenge myself uh, to get beyond uh, Facebook, which was my specialty at that time. And uh, the lessons and the things that we accomplished back then um, still pay dividends today within my work. So with that, MD, your two-minute intro, I'm happy to have you on board and I'm ready to talk some social media with you. Thanks, Andy. After that intro, I guess I'm done here. <laughs> All done. Mic drop. <laughs> a total mic drop. Uh, yeah, you know, our, our initial introduction uh, was interesting, and I think time and timing is always perfect. Uh, you know, we are in an environment, unfortunately, that uh, every agency 
that has been born from the traditional 10% commission media by business model um, doesn't know how to leverage uh, the capabilities of people like you and I. Uh, you know, I was hired, brought in to help the agency modernize itself, but yet they didn't want to modernize themselves because they didn't understand a a platform at which they can't factor in a commission. So rather than figure out a way to adopt, they just belittle it and put it to the side like the bastard cousin nobody wants to talk about at the family reunion. So, you know, when you came in after me interviewing dozens of people that I knew the agency needed to go from a creative model with a media buying uh, concept to agencies now need to become a social media driven uh, entity, I knew I needed to find first and foremost somebody that understood the the power of what social media is and the practicality of actually what it takes to work in it. Way too many people are users and not practitioners from a uh, enterprise perspective. And I didn't need a user. I needed somebody that could that was open uh, to continually learning because what you may learn about Facebook a year ago is going to be antiquated today. That's and very true, you know, in Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Google, those are all the same. And unless you're willing to be in it and work because you want to make it better versus wanting to build your ego, uh, you're never going to be successful at it. And that is what is inhibited and destroyed the, the traditional, ad agency business model and why it's eventually going to die if they don't figure out a way to pivot, uh, which is actually what happened to the agency that you and I were both at. Uh, you know, I realized it was at a point that uh, it was not going to work and I needed to really direct my efforts elsewhere. And uh, but you were probably the smartest hire I ever made. What I what I oh, find really you. I think one of the things I really take away from that whole experience was uh, the people that I actually personally hired are the ones that I'm still in contact with. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, and, you know, that's something that I don't think we have enough time in this interview, but it's something I wanted to get it. Cause I've seen this in the workforce a couple of times now where this era of people have been hired by this manager and this era has been hired by another manager. And this era has been hired by a manager 10 years ago and how they all work together. Um, mm -hmm. And that really starts with, Believing in that idea that you're talking about and modifying uh, the approach to what works right now, yep. um, specifically talking about digital agencies, MD, yep. you led me right to where I, where I wanted to start with this. Um, yeah. People that listen to social media hustling are going to get tired of hearing about Firefest, but we aren't going to stop talking about it. Oh, uh, let's talk about it. Yes, <laughs> it is wild. Um, if you have not seen the documentaries on Hulu or Netflix yet, and your social media, digital marketing person, whatever it may be, uh, I highly recommend it. Uh, I want to talk about the agency that did represent Firefest, Jerry Media. Um, incredible work that they did, in my opinion. MD. And if you don't know Jerry Media, they operate the Instagram page, Fuck Jerry. Yes, <laughs> that's correct. I was trying to be PG-13 here, but don't worry, I can get the C explicit rating. Now, now you told me that uh, I could be unfiltered. Yes. Do, no, I, need, I, do I need to filter it? No, no, mind. you don't need to filter it. Let it loose if you need to. Um, but yes, uh, Jerry Media, 
they were the ones that uh, put the orange square up that we saw, which I thought was an incredible idea that played the Firefest video that essentially sold out the entire festival uh, through influencers, through Kendall Jenner. Uh, and MD, you and I have been in this position before uh, where we had a, a heavy hitter client, I guess you would say, in terms of what their spend was. We mm-hmm. got this client. We didn't bring them in, but we had to execute a strong digital plan. And I think we were doing that um, all the way up into the end game right there. And that's what uh, Jerry Media did for Firefest. They implemented yeah. a fantastic video that created a social media experience. They had mm-hmm. heavy hitting influencers. They were able to get Kendall Jenner on board. They yep. did the job that they were assigned to do. It's sometimes you work with a business partner uh, who signs the dotted line to become your client and they don't really fulfill the other end of that bargain. Yep. Yeah, it was a it snowballed out of control and it came from a great concept. Uh, Billy McFarland uh, bit off more than he could chew uh, because like all great strategic partnerships, you're going to have the idealist, you're going to have the idea guy, but then you also have, have to have the executioner who is ingrained in the practicality of taking the idea and actually making it work. He had too young of a team that didn't really knew what they were doing. He was a salesman. He was able to get the capital, uh, but he didn't know how to execute it. He had the tremendous idea. Even when he was at the, uh, um, uh, the event uh, conference, uh, you know, all of the event promoters and, uh, you know, music festival uh, promoters that were there were like, okay, this guy, number one, is either totally full of shit or he's about to completely change the game. And he did both, though, which I found interesting. Um, but he oversold what he could not deliver. And then because they didn't understand how to execute, their timeline became so short and they burned through so much cash that they came to the point where they were scrambling to make it work. And they sold and, cheese sandwiches. Well, yeah. <laughs> that. I, I mean, I don't even know if a cheese sandwich was actually digested at that point because of the people showing up were then being shuttled and told to go to a bar, told to go to, you know, uh, kind of pre-gaming everybody while they're trying to figure out all of a sudden they realized, oh shit, we don't know how to make this work. And it's really funny because I – there was a, and this was in the fitness industry. I was enticed to become part of a board of a promotions company to do a bodybuilding show. And they, like, like Billy, promised a huge payout with an incredible experience for bodybuilders with a huge $10,000 cash prize for the winner. And they enticed all of these top bodybuilders all over the world um, to come and be a part of it. And uh, when it came down about a week before the event, um, there was a the board was about 10 people and uh, the, 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 the promoter guy himself basically admitted to the fact that they didn't have the money mm. that if that whoever won, like there has to be a winner. So you, you've got the you know, all these guys come from all over the world. Somebody has to win. And he's like, we don't have the money. Yeah, and then you just hold your hands up. What do we do next? Uh, you know, yeah. and, you know, you know. The, the funny thing about this MD is this isn't too far fetched from how sometimes the modern agency runs. I yep. mean, you know, th- this is a whole other level. I mean, Billy McFarland's running a fraudulent scam. Uh, Twenty six million dollars of fake uh, funds that were put into this, yep. uh, but it's also something that has gotten out of control in the modern agency, uh, and. 
it, it you got to be careful with it, you know. But yeah. what I will say, Jerry Media, again, I felt like they did what they needed to do. But what it also did show is the power right now, MD, of Instagram marketing. Yeah. We see a lot of uh, what marketers try to do. They get on social media. They pump money into it. They do ads. Some mm-hmm. of them will get good results. Some of them, they don't understand the importance of it. Some of them are too shy to spend money. But one thing we've seen pretty consistent across the board right now is if you know how to use these influencers right, say what you will about them, $80 billion spent on influencers in 2016. Mm-hmm. 2020 estimates will be $101 billion spent on influencers. And it yeah. is working for these bigger companies. Yeah. And I want to get your take on where this is headed right now. Well, influencer marketing is not new. Uh, we just have a new title for it, you know, call it endorsements of our celebrities and athletes, right? But the difference is there's a disconnect with a celebrity and a professional athlete. These are people that we revere, that we admire, and, you know, Nike leveraged their sales off of Michael Jordan and the myriad of other professional basketball players, runners, um, you know, people that were wearing their apparel. Um same thing with with Sprite. And I mean, any NFL player, they wanted to get a sneaker deal and a beverage deal because they knew that was going to give them the money to live the lifestyle they wanted to and just completely ball out. Now we're at a point where, and I tell businesses and CEOs and companies and CMOs, whatever other acronym you can fucking come up with, uh, to try to to try to explain to people that social media, it, because this is the problem that agencies have and businesses have. They think social media is the same thing as television and radio. It's different. No, it, it social, is a whole other so, ball game. Social media is essentially – actually, you know what? Before I say this, let me ask you. Um, have you ever had a door-to-door salesman knock on your door? Yes. They're scary usually. Well, whenever you have somebody knock on your door and they're going to try to sell you something, what do you tell them? No. Why? Just out of concept, and people don't like being sold to. Right, I, I, you, I can see where you're headed with this, and yeah, this is because you're you're home, mm-hmm. you're home around the things that you surround yourself with that you like, the things that are a part of your world. You're only in the mindset of buying something when you actually go proactively shopping. This is why the only television commercial worth buying is a Super Bowl commercial, because that is the only time in the television hemisphere in our modern digital social age when we actually sit down with groups and have a party to do nothing other than watch television commercials. Everything else is about what's on our time. And so we're home. We want to see the things that we want to see. We only want to absorb the things that we want to absorb that fulfill us. So when you try to take a TV commercial and sales pitch us through social media, your conversion rates are going to be next to nothing because you're trying to sell us something that you haven't even built value with yet. So this is why the non-celebrity influencers are powerful. We follow them because we have a personal interest in what they do, who they are, what they look like, because we feel as though social media has now removed zero barrier of having personal access to somebody's life that has an audience. You know, your best friend could be in a shitty movie at South by Southwest, but all of a sudden your cousin is now on the big screen all of a sudden your cousin's now a celebrity because now they have an audience more than just your circle of five friends. And this is the the biggest thing you're talking about right here that I wanted to eventually get to is that social media, I hate when it's called 
social media advertising. I know I'll probably yeah. use the word somehow, some way by accident, and I try to tell myself not to. Social mm -hmm. media is an experience. Yeah. Any social media specialist, manager, working their way through college right now, you want to be good at this hustle. You want to own this game. It's a lifestyle. Like yeah. this is this is a way of living right now for Gen Z. It's a way of mm -hmm. living for a lot of the millennials. Heck, mm -hmm. it it's become a way of living for Gen X in a yep. way. They've adapted to it, a lot of yep. them, and it continues yep. going. This is a lifestyle. This is something that people get on their phones. They spend hours on. They mm -hmm. engage with these influencers. When an influencer yep. clicks like on their post, their mm -hmm. day is made. And, mm -hmm. and that personalized touch that you can give to a brand um, where they're advertising, I guess you could call it that for you, but what mm -hmm. they're doing is they're creating an experience for that brand. They're allowing uh, an organic setting uh, to, of people to figure out what you're trying to push across, what your message is, mm -hmm. rather than just telling someone that it's 50% off today and to come purchase something. One thing right. we can really learn from Firefest MD, there's a lot of concerts out there. I was a concert junkie growing up. Mm -hmm. I would have never bought a concert ticket without seeing a lineup. They sold yeah. this thing out without a lineup even being posted. It went out before mm -hmm. that even happened. That's but then they posted much. a lineup, and those artists were not actually even secured yes. or even contacted. It, all through influencer marketing. And this, yeah. is, this is an amazing case study for it social is. media influencers out there, for social media specialists out there, because – you know, I run ads. You've run a lot of social media ads. Mm -hmm. uh, I find great success on them when I create a great social media experience and conversation with them. 100%. But it also got me to thinking, instead of spending those $5,000, I just put on that really awesome canvas ad and video that I put on it and all these different things. Yep. What if I would have spent $600 a pop on four local influencers or five local influencers and let them do the marketing for me and get a hashtag that's trending and then mm -hmm. create that experience for our audience to start talking about. Well, we don't listen to sales pitches. We listen to friends. This is why non-celebrity influencers get 10 times more uh, the, the influence purchase over a traditional celebrity because we feel as though when an influencer on social media talks about a product, talks about something they love, to us it feels authentic. We feel like we're a part of their conversation. That influences us, which is why there is 11 times more ROI generated by influencer marketing over all other forms of marketing because it's authentic. But this also sets influencers up to completely kill themselves if they're not careful. And this is what we saw with Fire Festival, which is also what spawned Instagram all of a sudden realizing, oh shit, <laughs> there's now this power of influence that now has to be regulated because they were misleading people. So influencers are like, they're like the kid who was given the keys to a company because their dad passed away and they inherited it. They don't know shit about the business. They don't know really the responsibility to which they have been given. So because they accumulated followers, however they did that, when people were listening to them, they were just given the mic and they don't realize what they're actually supposed to do. They don't know the responsibility because they didn't get into it thinking they want to be a media company. So when you get into it to become a media company, you know there are certain ethics, there are certain guidelines and protocols you have to follow with the FTC. 
which is why after this whole happened, if you remember this, Andy, you and I were actually texting back and forth about it, how Instagram sent out letters to the top 90 influencers and said, you now have to start admitting when now you, it is a brand partnership when you make a post. Hashtag sponsored. You'll yep. see it on a lot of yeah. them now. And because it was misleading consumers because, you know, the reason why we don't buy into a celebrity endorsement is because we know they are paid to talk about it. We know they are paid to wear that. That's true. We, 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 we really want to know that somebody authentically loves that ice cream, that, that, that girl authentically loves, uh, wearing Nikes when she works out. We want to feel like that, that, that guy authentically loves Gatorade that he's drinking because it really does help him because it's coming in a platform of authentic conversation. We're actually in the greatest time for small businesses and startups because you can scale attention globally in a matter of hours. Uh, that was that did not exist 10, 15, 20 years ago. And before that, historically, when it came to the only way you could actually leverage attention was either locally or regionally because of broadcast and newsprint. So what social media allowed businesses to do now is really scale attention without a whole lot of money. There is no cheaper conversion on the market still to this day than social media marketing. That's I've correct. converted major, major returns on investments up to a thousand percent. And people think it's crazy talk. And then I'll pull out Google Analytics and show them the conversion charts and what I've spent versus what it reports that we made. We can report everything to the exact cent. There's nothing out there that's going to do it like social media, but you have to work at it. Just like any big thing that you do in your life, anything that you try to go out there and get, anything that's really worth it in life, you're going to have mm -hmm. to really work this thing and get it. And I really believe right now uh, Facebook, you know, it has the most people. It offers uh, the most conversion opportunities uh, with their different ad placements, with the different audience enhancements that they've had. But if we're just looking at the trajectory right now, Mm -hmm. Instagram is in this place in less than four years, in my opinion, the way that it's growing. And yep. if you get on it right now, you might be able to get ahead of those companies that you weren't able to get ahead of maybe yep. five or six years ago when Facebook was starting to pop like this. You know, we're seeing that uh, even just on the digital presence, because now where we are with digital and social, that if, you're, if your website is not built to meet the demands of the algorithms, which is... Uh, built on the premise of user behavior, that if your website doesn't meet the demand, Google will not reward you with high ranking. And because Google and Facebook are in bed together, Facebook is not going to want to recommend pages and reward them with higher reach and higher visibility of organic and paid content if your website doesn't meet the, doesn't meet the requirements of Google. So if your website is not meeting the demands, then you can be, you're going to have to spend a whole lot more money to overcompensate for the fact that your website is killing your opportunity. And if your website's not even modernized, you could be driving all this attention from social media to your website. And if your website's not even serving the visitor, then you're not going to be able to convert one single person. So for, you know, for, for everything that we're seeing, even with like Instagram marketing, uh, we're, you know, right now for about $1 spent on influencer partnerships, you're going to get an ROI of about about $7, seven and a half dollars, right? Um, influencer marketing is about a relationship. And as a brand, when you don't have customer relationships on social media, you're leveraging the relationships and trust of those influencers because we as people will only do business with those that we trust, which comes from, from a business providing value. 
And until you've presented value, there's no trust. And until there's trust, you're not going to get my money. Which is why businesses that take the time to do live broadcast, they take the time to help the consumer make a better educated dying, uh, buying decision in their space. Those are the businesses, if they invest the time to do that, are the ones that are getting the true ROI, which is trust of their users. Because finally, when they do get to the point of making a purchase, they're going to spend their money with the, with the brand that helped them make the best decision. Couldn't have said that any better. It's all about trust. It's all about the experience mm -hmm. uh, and, and really bringing this together again over the course of time yep. to get this user trained. There's one thing I go into meetings at work and I can't say it enough um, when we're talking about trying to convert a certain program. Um, if we have an event uh, that's happening in three weeks, I'm selling the experience of this event, um, mm -hmm. what you're going to be able to learn about space and science um, mm -hmm. at this event, not the price point. Um, but when yeah. I start selling that, I tell my manager that I need them to see this content three, four, hopefully five times mm -hmm. because they're at that point, they're in the funnel building trust. So that yeah. one ad that we ran that they saw, that mm -hmm. can't be the only time they see this content. They need right. to see this content in other places. They need to mm -hmm. see it from an influencer. They need to mm -hmm. see it from a post that we're doing. Uh, yep. Maybe something live, maybe something to where we boosted it out to people who have already attended a similar event. And then they're saying 30 different times that they had a, an amazing time. And this mm -hmm. type of campaign I'm talking about right now, this can be done for 500 bucks. I can return it for 5000 A uh, different subject here, MD. We talked mm -hmm. a little bit about our work history at mm -hmm. the agency that we were at. Um, both of us ended up in peculiar positions after that. I took that job. Um, as you know, you interviewed me, um, and I was dead serious. This wasn't just an interview line. I swear that I was in this thing for the long haul. I came on mm -hmm. to work um, on a team with you, uh, with some of the others on the team that I thought were much more savvy than who I had worked for, who I'd worked with before. Mm -hmm. um, and this was something to where I saw as a plan, I saw as the next big step. Uh, five months later, I was wondering what the hell just happened. Why did I, why did I leave my last job? Right. Um, but, you know, things happen like that in our careers. You yep. end up unlucky. Sometimes it could be at the greatest corporate company, the whole thing. Um, caves in and you're on the outs and there's not mm -hmm. much you can do about it. So mm -hmm. if there's any message um, that you have maybe for someone that's ended up into that situation and maybe someone that's in that situation that is a social media hustler like we are, uh, what were the steps for you to move forward and what do you, what would you recommend for someone else that was in that similar position? I love this question and I'm going to give you this very hard truth response. Your opportunities in your life period, but also in your career are directly associated to the problems you solve. If people are always complaining about the state of which they, they, they have a dislike or, you know, whether it's management or, you know, the client doesn't understand this, you know, uh, the agency doesn't understand that. If you're always complaining, you're not focused on solving a problem. So if you realize there's a problem in, you know, the, uh, a barrier or a misunderstanding or uh, lack of acceptance. Well, if you are the one who's responsible, then the fact that they're not getting it is your fault because you haven't presented them the solutions to the problem they have. When you're focused on complaining, you're not focused on solving. So every person, you know, I had to fire several people from that agency after about 30, 45 days of figuring out what's going on here. 
Because anytime I start anything, whether it's somebody that works for me or whether it's somebody that I'm working with, um, I audit based on a clean slate. And like I told everybody when I was hired and I spent time with everybody, I said, look, I don't know your history. I don't care. From here on out, it's a clean slate with me. So if you solve problems, great. If you cause problems, you're now a liability and you're something that I'm going to have to cut. Look, life happens. I get it. Times get hard. Per, you know, personal things get in the way. But if you come to work, they are – you have to look at in your career as if you're an entrepreneur. And when you step into your world of your cubicle and your job description, you have to look at that as you are the CEO of that business. And as a CEO, you don't want to go work for somebody else, right? You want to be able to maintain that empowering feeling of owning your business. Well, that money's got to come from somewhere that comes from solving problems for other people. So if you show up to work and you go, okay, this is the job that I have. You know what? I want more. Okay. Then how do I solve the problems and make the job that I have more efficient, more productive and more respected? So you show up and you don't lollygag. You don't get into office gossip. You look at problems that the company has. You look at your role and then what problems can you solve? Because if you show up to work, you're late. You lollygag, you gossip, you hang out, you take long breaks, take extra long lunches, you're on social media, and you do bare minimal. Well, you cannot expect to ever be considered for a promotion or a raise for doing more, for nothing more than showing up and doing less than mediocre. As an, as an agency for me, the only reason I have clients, the only reason that people write checks is because they are investing in me. So when you get if you're looking for a job or you have a job, that company if you don't have massive respect for the fact that the owner of that company at some point had a dream of building that business to the point that it could actually have the capital to hire you, you have to respect that because that's something they built, you didn't. And the fact that they're willing to invest in you, it's as if you're a business and they're investing in you and your skills to help them improve and increase and grow their business. If you don't do that, you're a risk and an expense. And the number one thing about businesses is to remain profitable. And when you have expenses that are killing your business, you cut them loose. So when people talk about they're not treated well, people talk about they weren't given a raise, people talk that they were not given a promotion, it's because they did it to themselves. They didn't prove themselves to be a valuable asset to the company. And unless you're a valuable asset to an investor, they can put their money elsewhere. And yeah, there's definitely always a way to navigate the situation. Sure. You know, like, like we talked about... Um, we weren't in a good situation financially nope. with where we were at with that company, yep. but you know, I came in, I found a, you know, one thing that I'm most proud about, about that whole time mm -hmm. is with the clients that I was able to operate for that short burst. Um, I found ways to navigate the system. Like, yep. you know that, like I found ways where I had to kind of weave around different politics that were running around or different conceptions by the ceos to you know heck if we only had 200 dollars to spend man i made those 200 dollars turn into 500 dollars for the client mm -hmm. so you know, absolutely we, we, we had to figure out a way and sometimes that's what you got to do uh, this social media gig right here um trying to get to the top of the food chain if you want to be the next uh person who's operating wendy's uh, there's going to be a lot of steps for you to get to that point. When you're just getting out of school, um, your avenue may be doing Instagram yourself and hustling it that way and freelancing. There's a ton of ton of us out there who have done that. Mm -hmm. um, it might be 
working for an internship um, and doing kind of the grunt work. He might be in social media ads manager, just uh, recording ads and doing book work for a social media specialist. Hey, now you can put that on your resume. You know, there's different ways that you're going to have to navigate this thing. There's a lot of riches right now in this industry. 85% job growth uh, for people with social media titles in Mm -hmm. one year. One year, 85% job growth. That's unheard of for any field. This thing is lit right now. It's popping. It's hashtag turned up, whatever you want to call it. It is moving right now, and you have what to keep I, that positive mindset. Um, what, I, what I will tell anybody out there who's looking to get a career into marketing, digital, social, is put leave your ego at the door and focus mm-hmm. on results because that is going to keep you in a continual state of learning and growing to where you're always going to be looking at the next thing you can do to help improve the results. Because when you're focused on results for a client, you're always going to help them grow. When you're focused on ego, you're always going to want to try to say that it was you and you're going to try to say everything you can to defend your decisions. If something didn't work, it just didn't work. Mm -hmm. Whether it was creative, whether it was the execution, whatever it may be, if you're focused on results, you will always have opportunity. If you're focused on ego, you'll always be hopping from job to job to job to job because results, if you can deliver results, you have massive value. And at that point, you're now in demand. Definitely. Well said, MD. And that's about all we have. So for for this podcast, um, but one thing I wanted you just to get out there to kind of real quickly, if you could just tell us um, what you're working on right now, where we can find you on Instagram, where you're getting Insta famous and um, <laughs> some of the projects that you know, you're most excited about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, for us as a company, techcrewmedia.com. Uh, same thing for Instagram, for uh, YouTube and Facebook. And we deploy so much practical insights and help for businesses. Um, we don't post anything on social media to try to get a sale. We post social media, we write our blogs to make sure that we can properly educate business owners, you know, entrepreneurs on how to properly really take all these things that are out there, what you can do to really help people understand what they should be doing without wasting time, energy, and money. Um, but I'm also a practitioner. You know, I'm all about really the binary aspect of life, and it's all about decisions. We make 35,000 decisions every single day from the minor to the the massively life-changing. And so you can follow those practical nuggets that I deploy from my experience in life, love, relationship, marriage, divorce, you name it. It's all on 35K a day on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. Uh, where we have a lot of uh, a, lot, a lot of from the from the gut punch, uh, you know, truth bombs, to really helping people navigate life in every area from business, finance, uh, to relationships and just self growth. Um, because I'm not here to be Tony Robbins and make you feel happy. I'm here to help you, and you know that's also the same premise because attitude is reflective of leadership. And at Tech Media, you know, everybody's involved because, well, quite frankly, we want to help businesses. Because most out there are pitching them, not helping them. And that's why I never pitch a business. Uh, you know, we were about to actually work with a, uh, a, a politically driven company, uh, political satire. I'm really excited about it's going to be really super fun. Clearly, the, the swing the door wide open for creative. Uh, we're working with some uh, international uh, fitness trainers. Um, my gosh, we're working with a, uh, a scaling national insurance agency. We're working with a, a franchising barbershop across the country. We're, we're in a lot of different industries. Um, but what I love about it is we really just initially try to give information that can help. And that's why 
all the content that we put out is never about asking for anything. It's actually just giving helpful information that people can take and, and apply in some area in life or business and actually get real practical results from it day in and day out. Very nice. You got a mic drop after that one. That was boom, brilliant all over the world. MD Riley, check his stuff out. And uh, it was an awesome conversation. I can't wait. Uh, you know, we'll have to do this again. And just really can't wait to see um, from some of these conversations, from some of the things we're both working on right now and where we can take ourselves in the next few years. The trajectory is only brighter uh, for social media and digital. So thank you. Thank you again for coming on here. Key man, I really appreciate it. Had a good time. What a way to start this podcast off with a bang. MD Riley, president, CEO, Tech Crew Media, a lifelong journey for him in social media and a journey that he keeps continuing to experience, to adapt, to grow. Everything he said, coming in hot, doing what we want on social media, hustling, real, authentic, bringing the social media lifestyle to you he could not have put that any better so for the final take i want to build off of what md really talked about uh, during that last segment i work with a lot of younger social media specialists networking events former employees interns i've seen them grow i've seen them experience the pitfalls some of the high points of social media some of the high points of the workplace and definitely some of the low points of the workplace something that i want to get across is that this experience this industry 85 percent job growth year over year it's going to get very competitive and it is happening right now. If you want in this thing, if you're sitting there complaining that you're getting paid 30000 a year, if you're complaining that all you've gotten is that unpaid internship out of college, you're complaining that the furthest you've got is freelancing social media for some friends and it hasn't moved the needle yet. It is a hustle. It is experience. It is a learning opportunity. I beg you. I beg you right now not to sell yourself out on something you don't want to do. You need to go all in with this thing. If you have a friend who's a model that needs to get their name noticed, do their social media. Ask to do it. If you have a friend who's in the music industry, they need help getting their music out to people. You know how to do social media very well. You know the Instagram algorithm because it's worked for yourself. It's worked for your company. Ask to do social media for them. If you are trying to get that full-time job, but you're only getting part-time, you're not getting what you want, Learn social media on LinkedIn. Write articles that are relevant to your industry. Optimize your profile with keywords that are going to get you found. The data is out there. This podcast, we're going to theme it for you know each type of topic each week. We're going to get a little bit more niche than what we probably were on this one. And we're going to really assist you in leading you through that funnel, the funnel to success for your social media life. I can't wait to get this thing started. And I am not going to make excuses for the ones that don't want to hustle out there. We will do the best to work together as a team. I will spread positivity. And more than anything, that's probably uh, the best advice anyone can give you, no matter how many times you have to hear it uh, from these upbeat hosts, these upbeat Instagrammers. Smile, work hard, do your thing. We're going to reach the top of this industry we haven't even seen what it could possibly become in the next five to six years. It's quite exciting. 
I might say so. So again, social media hustling. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Instagram TV, at AndyPond7. If you want to follow me on Instagram, AndyPondDill on LinkedIn, the two best places to follow me. We will be back soon with another guest, another topic, another fun social media experience. Till then, we'll see you next time.